This is another episode of Taxi Taxi, the podcast that drives too fast. I'm one of your hosts, Billie Jean Sturwalt. And before we get started, I just have to admit that when I first heard that we were doing a story on Friedrich Nietzsche, well, I wasn't exactly excited about it. I mean, I loved him in high school because existentialism and the idea that God is dead just kind of fit in with my sense of directionless rebellion. But like a lot of people who went through that phase, by the time I got through college and had dealt with a few too many philosophy majors, I just, I just stopped caring about Nietzsche. More correctly, I started to find conversations about him really irritating. I remember one time at a bar, I was getting hit on by some 23-year-old ex-liberal arts major, and when he asked me if I had read Thus Spoke Zarathustra, I was, well, I was so annoyed that I thought, man, I could actually stab this guy. Well, in Tbilisi, Georgia, philosophy can be a life-or-death situation. This week's story was brought to us by Elena Passori, and she calls it, Who is Afraid of Friedrich Nietzsche? So today we're going to learn about a famous thinker called Frederick Nietzsche, an idea he inspired called existentialism. Hi, I'm that very investigative girl in the background. I was standing right in the center of Tbilisi, the capital of Georgia, between a huge church and the opera house. And I was looking at a piece of graffiti written in English on a white facade of the literature museum. It said, God is dead, with big blue spray paint. I was trying to find out who might have written it. A woman who I assume lived across the street said, a child might have written it. I don't think I can tell you more. This is another episode of the Taxi Taxi podcast. My name is Elene, Elene Pasuri, and I live in a country where you can be stabbed for teaching philosophy. What? God is dead? But who would know who wrote it there? No one. That is just unacceptable. Let's take it down for God's sake. No one will dare to do it in my neighborhood. If I was just here more often and saw it, I would take care of that. What do you think I might have wrote it? I don't know. Some Satanist. And if I did, I would not just be standing here. The responses of the neighbors were not a surprise to me. They said, people who write such things should be taught a lesson. And that's why I'm here. In November 2015, a man was stabbed not far from this spot for teaching philosophy, specifically for teaching the works of Friedrich Nietzsche. No idea. Maybe stabbing is too much, but you definitely have to make sure they don't do that again. The man who was stabbed was Misha Hundatze, a photographer and an architect. He was stabbed by a guy named Guga Romi, a 23-year-old, who grew up just a few minutes away from here. I was interviewing men about the same age as Guga, all dressed in black, coming out of a black car, cocky and aggressive, speaking very close to my face. They gave me the impression that they are absolutely sure they have the right to protect their area from blasphemy. It's easy to compare them to Guga. Were they just like the guy who took out the knife and stabbed a volunteer teacher to make a point? To me, they are easy to lump into a category that is best described as Pneli. Pneli means dark in Georgian. It's a slang expression meaning not enlightened, uneducated, 
someone who lives with old values. I would smash their head against the wall because they can't do that. How do they dare? It's blasphemy. Because even Muslims have their own God. And these people are not out of the ordinary in Tbilisi. Nietzsche might describe the Benelli as pitiful, as people who have not yet realized that God is dead. But what did he mean by that anyway? Well, in his novel, Thus Spoke Zarathustra, Nietzsche wrote, God is dead, God remains dead, and we have killed him. But what does that actually mean? God is dead does not mean that Nietzsche believes in an actual God who then dies. Instead, he's trying to explain that the Christian God is no longer the only thing people believe in. God is dead as a way of describing the change from a religious to secular society. God hasn't died. The idea of believing in only one thing has. But how could I explain this whole concept to Bnelli, to these neighborhood boys who were so offended by this graffiti? I wonder how did Misha explain it? I found this video on YouTube based on a Reddit idea called Explain It Like I'm Five. Okay, who here thinks they're a good boy or a good girl? Oh my gosh, that's so many. Why is it important to your mommies and daddies and teachers and grandpas that you behave in a certain way? I don't know. Because they're your family. We don't really know. In Georgia, God has been reborn. You see, after the Soviet Union fell apart, the church got a special status in Georgian constitution, and the patriarch is the most popular public figure by far. Most Georgians like their country being very religious, but not everyone. There's a saying here, God has replaced Stalin. It makes sense. This is after almost a century of domination by the only atheist empire in the world history. Religion was cool. It was a subculture that finally was free. I'm a part of what you would call the art community in Tbilisi, and I don't understand the Benelli. I don't understand why people would be afraid of change, afraid of philosophy. Misha Hundadze, the man who got stabbed, is part of my community too. Here in a place named Campus on Milorava Street. Campus, Misha's facility, was a free and open space that offered lessons about contemporary philosophy and modern thinking. It was stuffed into a narrow alleyway with an old paving. One day, Campus held a lecture about Nietzsche's book. Thus spoke Zarathustra. The lecture you're hearing right now is the same one that allegedly inspired Guga to stab Misha. In it, Professor Kokabregadze explains the main ideas of the book, which became the foundation for the modern existential movement. The idea of existentialism is that there is no universal—that's right—is that there is no universal morality that governs all of us. And um, did it, does it still hurt now? Yes, it does. This wound hurts a lot. It turns out it's sensitive to temperature as well. I can't feel anything here. It's just been a week that I have been able to function normally. I, I said to him when I saw his scarf that, you know, I always loved guys with scarves, so now I really like <laughs> That's Natalie, my old friend from art school. I didn't expect to run into her for this story, but it turns out she married Misha and was there when he was stabbed. Natalie can laugh about it now, but Misha was three centimeters from being killed. 
stabbed through the heart in a classroom. Uh, there was um, other group of kids, like uh, same age, 16, 15 or 13 years old, who were a little bit, you know, afraid what we were doing. The campus was popular with many local neighborhood kids, but others saw it as a threat, even a Trojan horse for blasphemy. They tried to abuse us. They were in what way? In our entrance, they were spitting in our entrance and um, painting on our painted. The children would come to Misha and ask him what religion Nietzsche is part of. I would say, no, Nietzsche is a philosopher. Then I said, he's a poet, he writes some texts, sometimes about God. And I would start explaining it, but they would go, no, mother told me that Nietzsche is a sect, cult. And they say, you are a cult in neighborhood, and this is a club of Satanists. And what do you do when you get together here? They thought we were holding rituals here. The tension grew for months until the end of the Nietzsche lecture. That day, a few teenagers again disrupted the lecture and were asked to leave. Then three men burst through the doors, one of them with a knife. I had a feeling that some big animal was coming to attack us. It was like my impression. And he was in Rakuyamagas, excited, anxious, anxious, and he was drunk also. And he, yeah, I was like, <laughs> he was really holding, you know, this uh, oh, the, the prey beads? Yeah, prey beads in one hand, and in another hand, he was uh, holding a knife, screaming to Misha that, Why did you abuse the kids? He was raising this uh, necklace or something in his hand, and it was so visible that I will never forget it. What do you think of Nietzsche? What do you think about him personally? I hate Nietzsche. My goodness! Oh my gosh, that's a very strong. It's a very vigorous response. That's a very strong response. But Nietzsche would say it's okay. Nietzsche would say. I stand in front of Misha and I hope that because a woman is standing behind, in front of him, I was hoping that he will stop, you know. But knife went here. And uh, I saw that I, uh, I did something to save him, but it was already done. I, and I was thinking, why is Misha not helping me to close this fucking door? Because he was quite heavy, you know, he was a really big guy. And I was angry, why is Misha staying there so quiet? And he is bleeding in that moment. And I was really in shock. And I, I did not thought it was this um, heart area. I thought it was like a hand or something. And I said, OK, stand to that door. I will now call ambulance. And Misha fell down. And I was like, ah! <laughs> I went to the neighborhood where campus used to be, where the stabbing happened. It's an old neighborhood with lots of little courtyards and apartments one on top of the other. It's an easy place to get lost. And I did. It's filled with little tiny Italian yards. Like the people are living as a commune in like um, very small room-like apartments almost. Um, There is usually quite no privacy here, so neighbors must know a lot about this. I wanted to know more about Guga, but no one would talk to me. 
No, I don't know, really. She's not from the police, don't worry. I really don't know. He does, he just won't tell you. No, he's lying to you. Georgians are known for sticking together, for protecting those in their circle. And I was an outsider. Hello, I'm interested in something that happened around here. I'm a radio journalist. There was a facility called Campus here, and... Alright, aren't you sick of this subject already? Almost a year passed since. The lady in the shop considered me a news journalist, I guess. I'm not going to say a word, she declared. Okay, I got kicked out. Eventually, I did find one person who wanted to talk to me about Guga. His friend, Andro. Andro's known Guga since they were kids. He told me that Guga is a gentle person, someone who always loved art and wanted to grow up to be a tattoo artist. His family was too poor for him to study at university. Andro couldn't believe that Guga would ever stab somebody. We all know, all of this is just mannerism. So with manners, you could think that Guga was a street thug. He's just not that kind of guy. It's all just a play. But Guga's already confessed to the crime. In his mind, the stabbing was justified. Those prayer beads that Natalie remembers seeing in Guga's hands weren't an accident. Guga explained to the court that he was driven by the desire to, and I'm quoting what Misha said, Guga's lawyer said, to cleanse Georgian society of parasites, like Misha. He's been sentenced to eight years in prison. Nietzsche would say that we don't have to believe in those rules that are made up. So let's say, for example, you wanted to take that toy away from Ryan. You can just take it. You want to just grab it? Go ahead, just take it. Oh, you got it. I called Guga's mother, Patti. She cut my introduction short. She said she didn't want to see me. I don't have the nerve, she explained. My son has made a mistake, and whatever the reason was, he has to be in jail. When I asked about Guga's religious motives, she nearly laughed. What should we have against philosophers? They are wonderful people, and all of this is gibberish. Guga is a kind, peaceful child. He often goes to church and helps there. It was just a misunderstanding, and I'm sure he deeply regrets it. Later, she called me back and asked me to give her apologies to Misha. It turned out she visited him in the hospital, but was not allowed to see him. Misha called me right after I hung up. The court has offered to take a few years off of Guga's sentence under one condition. Misha has to approve the reduction. I asked Misha if he would. He said he wasn't sure. He needs to think it over. He's worried that Guga might attack someone again in the future. This boy, he was just having hard times and then just got drunk. His father is really sick. His brother had just left abroad and left him alone and was very nervous. And then imagine little kids running to him saying that someone insulted them. This was the same woman from before who kicked me out of her shop. I was exhausted and crouched down. Maybe she felt bad for me, or maybe she just wanted to talk. So you know the other side as well? Mishka? Yes, I do. Do you live here? I was born and raised here, and I have been working here all my life. For me, the most frightening part of the story was not the actual stabbing, 
but the fact that it's not an isolated incident. When my friends and I talk about Georgia now, we say it's just dark in this country. Three years ago, thousands of people attacked a group of just over 20 LGBT protesters with sticks and bottles, without any repercussions. A couple of months ago, the art exhibition was interrupted at Ely State University. One of the artworks presented was a painting by Georgian artist Lia Ukleba. It showed an image of Virgin Mary holding a gun to her head. And even the Patriarch declared officially from a cathedral church that it is an insult of our religion. The worst thing was that when Misha was laying down and before ambulance came, people outside was, there was this many neighborhoods came out and many people was there and these people were saying it. Why did you want it to open uh, this kind of organization in our neighborhood? Why you uh, go somewhere else? Or I don't when, know how to... When I, is that happening? While when, while he's still there and bleeding and uh, he's almost dead. In my country, people are free to worship God. And they are free not to. But am I really free if I can be attacked for disagreeing? But do we remember what his ideas were? To do whatever you want. Do whatever you, do whatever want. you want. Right. And that's a philosophy that is called... Exoantomy. It's called existentialism. Existentialism. Great. Existentialism. When I was almost finished with this story, I asked Misha if he had decided yet to help get Guga's sentence reduced. He told me yes, he signed it. And Guga's sentence would be shortened. I'm doing a radio story about this guy who stabbed someone at a free art center. Rumors say it was because of the lecture of this philosopher called Nietzsche, who said God is dead. He should have killed him. But well, he just ruined his own life now. These free spaces and all of that, you know? Who the hell? All of them are agents. They prepare them abroad and then send them here to make people miserable, to brainwash them. LGBTs, drunkards, traitors of our homeland, Satanists and bastards. And that graffiti, the one that says God is dead, is already gone. First, the word dead was painted over to leave only God is. Now it's just the word God. That story was written and recorded by Elena Passori, a video artist who lives in Tbilisi. If you want to see more of her work, check out the story notes on our website, taxitaxipodcast.com. Funding for this episode was provided by My Media, and a big thanks to Hindenburg Audio Suite, which we use to produce and edit all of our stories, and to Chaihana for hosting our project and letting us crash their office space. Remember to subscribe to our show on any podcast app and follow us on whichever social media you're addicted to this week. If you've got a story idea, want to pitch an episode, or just want to throw some feedback our way, send us an email or leave us a voicemail on Skype. Our name is Taxi Taxi Podcast, and it's all one word. 